was. And so, so what I want to bring to you today is that a little bit of leaven or yeast will leaven, the Bible says, the entire lump. Now, I'll give you another illustration. Several months ago, Adam and I was working in his yard. He called me one day and said, Dad, will you help me move this tree? I said, yeah, that's no problem. What you got? And so I said, I'll loan you my chainsaw and trailer and all that. And so then he called me and said, look, I, I'm in trouble, man. I need you to come help me physically move this thing. I said, okay, no problem. I go down there, and uh, I, I ended up with a little bit of poison sumac right here on my left wrist. And that started the next Six weeks of a total rash that just engulfed my body. Are you with me? Say amen. Now, I masked it well when I was preaching, uh, but I was itching like crazy. Some of y'all thought that I was in the spirit. But, <coughs> but anyway, what I want to share with you is that a little bit will work its way. Now, I've got some Kool-Aid right here. Now, you see how it's doing? All matter of fact, I ain't even got to stir it. Uh, I mean, it just didn't take it, but just a split second, it's turned this entire glass of water, this strawberry color. And what I say to you today is that if we allow things into our life and we think I'm going to compartmentalize it, I'm just going to put it right over here in this little bitty section. But we open our life up to it, and when we open our life up to it, it's just like this, whoo. And it went through our whole body, it controls our whole mind. Our entire life is affected by it. And everything we do, in other words, it's like the yeast in that cake. The entire cake rose. That's a good place for an amen. So, so a little bit of leaven in one area of your life uh, is going to work its way through your entire life, just like this packet of Kool-Aid. So what is it that, what does this Kool-Aid represent? in your life that came in however it came and, and you thought you had a good control over this thing I'm just gonna keep this confined over here and all of a sudden it ran rampant through your life and so it's so important that you know this because you might think I've got this little old bitty secret right here I got this little old bitty deal going on and this is between me and Jesus we got this worked out you know I, I do a little smoking on the side with that crazy weed uh, yeah, I sent my son Andrew to buy a table for me this past week while I was away with my mother's, and uh, the lady uh, he bought it from had all kind of marijuana laid out on the table. She said, never mind the weed there. We're pretty open about it. I thought, my God, I'm glad I'm in Columbus. Are y'all with me? <laughs> Say amen. Not, not that I was going to be tempted or anything, but I'm, I'm just, what is this little thing? You say, well, I've got this on the down low and me and Jesus got this worked out if you're not careful I'm telling you trust me it will not stay little forever it will not stay confined to this little packet but once it hits you once it gets in your spirit once it gets in your mind in your bloodstream in your body it will work its way through kind of I used to ask myself you know just like that 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 aspirin or ibuprofen or whatever, I don't know how it knows where the headache's at or where the joint aches at, but I just put that little pill in my body and it goes all over the place. Are you with me? Say amen. amen. So it will not stay that way. Listen, I don't know what the leaven is in your life. I don't know what the thing is, but I do know this, that pretty soon, if you don't deal with the leaven, it will pervade your whole life. Amen. 
A little bit of compromise here and a little bit of compromise there, and it'll go through your entire life. Now, hey, let me tell you a story. It comes out of Matthew chapter number 16. I'll just read this to you. I'm going to read it in the NIV. I would encourage you to check it out and other, uh, like the message as well. Jesus begins to talk to his disciples, and they are going on a trip across the sea. And the Bible says when they went across the lake, the disciples forgot to take bread. How many of you ever forgot something? Hmm? Well, like me, I had my little Kool-Aid packets, you know, for the bottles like this. And I got to church, and I said, man, I ain't got my Kool-Aid. I started asking, and people say, man, you're going to make us drink Kool-Aid? And, you know, <laughs> all that stuff. No. But anyway, we're apt to forget. And the Bible says when they went across the lake, the disciples forgot to bring bre bread. Now, verse 5, be careful, Jesus said to them, and be on guard against the yeast of the Pharisees and the Sadducees. Now, now I want you to notice something, that Jesus was not chiding them for forgetting bread. He just happened to take, this, take a situation since they was already on the subject of bread. Oh, my goodness, we have forgot the bread. And so Jesus just reaches into his own genius mind and says, Well, since we're talking about bread, I'd like to tell you about yeast. I'd like to tell you and make an illustration about what makes bread rise and the leaven in the bread. And, and so he says, Be careful, Jesus said to them, Be on guard against the yeast of the Pharisees and the Sadducees. Verse 7. They discussed this among themselves and said, is it because we didn't bring any bread? In other words, if Jesus got hung up on this, now he's, he, he's chiding us and he's scolding us because, you know, um, Pharisees and Sadducees, they got bread. They, they missed it. And I'll tell you something. So many times we just absolutely miss it all together. Are you with me? Say amen. So many times we just absolutely get out in left field and miss it. The Bible says they discussed among themselves. Is it because we didn't bring any bread? Verse 8. He said, um, Aware of their discussion, so Jesus knew what they were saying, Jesus asked, you of little faith, why are you talking among yourselves about having no bread? In other words, y'all have missed this thing altogether. Verse 9 says, do you still not understand? Don't you remember the five loaves for the 5,000? He's reminding them of a miracle where they only had five loaves of bread and 5,000 people sat down and two fish, and, and he fed all the 5,000 uh, people with just these loaves of bread. He said, don't y'all remember that? And here y'all are hung up on not bringing bread, or that you have forgot bread. How easily we forget the things that God has done in our lives. God brings us out of some, some great horrible pit, and next week we're distrusting him. He can't even get us out of this little gully. Huh? God performs a major miracle financially for us, and then next week we're short $100 and about to have a heart attack and backslide. Think about going back to slinging dope. Well, hello. Do you not understand? Do you not remember the five loaves for the 5,000 and how many baskets we gathered up? There's 12 baskets left over. He said in verse 10, Or do you remember the time I had seven loaves and 4,000 people and how many baskets we took up? So Jesus takes him back and reminds them, Listen, bread ain't never been a problem for me. Matter of fact, you are the one that said, I am the bread of life. I am the living water. 
Amen. So, so, and, and matter of fact, and now that the Holy Ghost reminds me, he told the, you know, the disciples at the well when he was talking to the woman of Samaria, I have bread to eat that you know not of. Mm. Just anyway. But the Bible says, don't you remember the five loaves and the 5,000 or the seven loaves and the 4,000 and how many baskets we took up? Verse 11 says, but how is it that you don't understand that I was not talking about bread? I'm going to tell you sometimes many people, many Christian people, many church folk engage their mouth before they engage their spiritual mind. Many times we say things, we talk against things or, or even for things. And many times we do things uh, carnally before we even think about it and certainly before we pray about it. How is it that you don't understand that I was not talking to you about bread? Here we come. But be on your guard against the yeast of the Pharisees and the Sadducees. Now, there are people that would, they, they just get hung up on this. They just cannot. Is he still talking about bread? No. He is likening the yeast of the, the Pharisees, the yeast that makes the bread rise. He's using that metaphorically, speaking of how. If you're not careful, you will take in the doctrine, the false doctrine of the Sadducees and the Pharisees, and it, like yeast, will pervade your life, and it will go throughout you, and you will live like the Pharisees. Mm -mm -mm. So he says, um, then they understood that he was not telling them to guard themselves against the yeast used in the bread, but against the teachings of the Pharisees and the Sadducees. You and I have, now, now that's my verse for today. Then they understood that he was not talking to them about the yeast and bread, but against the teaching of the Pharisees and Sadducees. I want to tell you something. He was talking about the leaven of religious leaders. Listen, if you're not careful, you will not comprehend what God's saying. Let me give you some biblical examples. When Nicodemus, one of the Sanhedrin, came to, to Jesus by night, and there's a reason he came at night, he didn't want to be seen, he come to him and says, Master, what must I do to be born again? And, and Jesus told him, or no, he talked about how Jesus said, you must be born again. What must I do to be saved? And he said, you must be born again. And Nicodemus says, how can I, who am old, be born again? His mind was not open to the concept of being born again spiritually. He was saying, how can I, who am old, re-enter my mother's womb and come forth again differently? And this great educated spiritual leader totally missed it he had no idea what Jesus was saying but when he left him Jesus had explained it to him what about the woman at the well that says uh, you know Jesus said would you give me something to drink and she said sir you have nothing to draw with and the well is deep he said woman if thou knewest who it were that asked of thee a drink you would have asked of me and I would have given you living waters so that you thirst not again she thought he was talking about taking a drink and never get thirsty physically again 
What I'm saying is this, my friends, we have to have more than just a cursory glance at the Word of God, more than just a little bait every now and then. we got to get deeper than just surface religion. Jesus said there's more to me than just getting saved. But if we're not careful, we will carnalize like Nicodemus. We will carnalize like the woman at the well. Or or even the disciples who said, man, we have forgot the bread. Don't let it just go right over your head. Jesus is trying to talk about something else. In fact, they had been with him for two years. Uh, at this time, they had heard him teach. They had seen him work miracles. They had many spiritual advantages, but still missed this lesson. How is it that we are, are so ignorant sometimes? How is it that we are sometimes so biblically illiterate? Leaven, and I want to tell you something, leaven is hidden to the eye. In the, now you see it right here. This is not leaven. This is just an illustration. But leaven in the bread you cannot see. But as the heat begins to take its effect upon the flour, it activates the yeast, and the yeast begins working underneath the surface, and no one knows it's there or what it's doing. And likewise, when you allow just a little leaven into your life that should not be there, and you're sleeping, and you're missing church, and you're staying out too late, It's doing something that you're not even noticing it's doing. It's doing things that you can't even comprehend. But it is rising up all through your body. And before you know it, you'll say things that you would never have said before. You will go places you would have never gone before. You will miss out on things that you would have never before. That's good preaching, Pastor. Leaven is hidden to the eye. You don't see what it's doing, but it is working its way through the whole cake. I want to tell you something. I've had a wonderful, wonderful opportunity years ago to go out on the USS Maine. And it is an incredible thing. Two big, massive rudders that move that, you know, nearly two football field long steel tube. They're underneath. You can't see them. uh, But when that boat, if it is surfaced and they're going out, if they move them rudders, it'll turn that big steel tube. You understand what I'm saying? Just a little movement, and and it moves the whole thing. You see, what is the leaven of the Pharisees? What is the leaven of the world? Well, the Pharisees were noted for their pride and their arrogance. They they were noted for uh, their critical spirit. There are some folks that's going to criticize. I don't care what you do. We, we, We got a media that absolutely hates the president. You may or may not like him, but if he cured cancer tomorrow, nobody would say anything good about him as far as in the media goes. Now, I say, well, he done got political. I'm going to tune out the rest of the message. Well, you're going to miss it if you do. I'm simply saying that we get our eyes fixed on something and we can't see nothing else around us. Are you hearing me? The leaven of the world is to be critical. The leaven of the world is to be a doubter. The leaven of the world is to be a pessimist. There, You know, I heard a story one time of a man in a church business meeting. He raised his hand and the pastor acknowledged him and he said, you have the floor. And he said, I'd like to speak again it. He said, what do you mean? I'm again it. He said, well, I just figured that there's somebody in this room that's against it and I represent them. You've always got that one or two that's going to be negative regardless. Listen, the leaven of the bitter 
Oh, you hear me. You get around a bitter person and the leaven of the bitterness will get inside of you. You start listening to them and maybe they were done wrong. Maybe they have a legitimate gripe. You know what biblically they ought to do? They ought to go back to the source, look him or her in the eye, and sit down among them as brothers and sisters in Christ and get it under the blood because there will not be another heaven for you and another one for you. Now, I know that hurts, but you, you can ask our staff around here. I got a policy that's called eat the frog. And what that means, and no, eat the frog first. I got to say it all. What that means is if on your bookshelf you've got a frog sitting there, ribbit, 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 and before you go home at 5 o'clock today, you've got to eat that frog. <clears throat> now that frog represents that phone call that you cannot stand to make. It represents that personal confrontation where somebody crossed the line and you've got to speak to them in love. It represents that thing that you just loathe and hate and detest to do, but you've got to do it. They'll tell you that my saying is this, eat the frog first. Don't sit there all day and let him croak. You know that sooner before I, before I leave tonight, i got to eat that frog. Get on the phone, get in the office, get on the, whatever it is you got to do and eat the frog first. Make that confrontation in love. So, so let me say this, being around the bitter will give you the leaven of bitterness. Being around the offended. Listen, everybody's got a right to get offended. Nobody's got a right to, get, to stay offended. Everybody, has, I mean, you know, we're human. We could get bitter, but I would rather get better. Amen? Amen? Listen, this, this will work its way through your life if you begin to entertain it. Now, there are some things that you ought to do. What about the leaven of love? Man, you want to stir that thing up. Huh? Get love in your life. And allow, because just as surely as an evil thing will run rampant through your body, if you allow the leaven of love to get in you, it will go through you as well. Amen. What about the leaven of appreciation? And, and every time you're around people, they just know you truly appreciate them. What about the leaven of thanksgiving and the leaven of serving? Did you know we ought to sow the very things we want because whatever we sow, that's what we're going to get, whether you like it or not. There are people who love to be treated good, but they don't ever sow that. They always have a scowl on their face. They're always complaining and wonder why they don't ever have any happiness. All you plant is negativity, and then you don't, you don't bring back beauty and happiness out of negativity. If you want corn, you've got to plant some corn. Hello? Well, and then well, what about the leaven of leadership? Now, these are some good terms the Lord gave me. This week. The leaven of leadership. What, what if you just say, hey, I'm going to put that in here and let it spread around. Listen, don't allow things into your life that you don't want to rise up. Things like bitterness, hatred, envy, strife, and gossip. Don't allow the lies. Don't allow distortions of the truth. Don't allow bigotry. Don't allow jealousy. Don't allow the things in your life that you don't want to spread if you knew this bottle was filled with cancer and that if you were to drink it, you would be immediately uh, cancerous, filled with this dreadful disease, I dare say that anyone in this building would come and get it. It doesn't got quiet on me. If I said this was cancer, I doubt anybody here would come and drink it. This equals death, but yet... 
we suck it right on down. Y'all with me? Huh? We get the big old man. I used to, I don't know how my uncle used to put so much red man in his mouth. He had a big old pouch, and it looked like he grabbed half of it. Son, I mean, it looked like I had a tennis ball now. You know, what if it's, it's alcohol? I don't know what it is, but if we knew it was death and damnation, we wouldn't do it, but yet we turn around and do it every day. I know it's tough, but you just have to humor me. It's the word is, and we're going to go with it. Don't allow things that you don't want to spread, and don't start something that you cannot stop. If you wink at that girl, what are you going to do if she smiles back? That was the intention to start with, that she would hopefully smile back and not just turn away. But what if she smiles back? What's the next step? You're going to wink again after lunch. And then what if she laughs a little? Huh? And on Valentine's Day, you just happen to cut a rose, even though your wife ain't got none. Mmm, I'm about to feel the preacher coming on. And we dropped that by on her desk. And what I'm saying is this, don't start something that you cannot stop. Because if you get down that road and she's winked back and she's receptive, you're headed down a slippery slope that you will not be able to stop until you hit rock bottom. On the other side, same way, ladies. If it's flattery and you're hearing from him what you ain't hearing at home. Hello? You're so gorgeous and you're so beautiful and they send you texts with little hearts and oh man, it is just so sweet and he will just listen, oh man, I just want to tell you, what are you going to do if he responds positively? What kind of excuse are you going to make to see him? What kind of lie are you going to tell? What I'm saying is if you're not careful, you will start down the winding way of a slippery slope. I'm saying that little bit of leaven that you just poured just a few little grains and it ran its way to your fingertips and your toenails and you cannot stop. Don't start what you cannot stop. What if you take that toke? What if you, 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 you mix that meth one time and a friend invites you and then you, do it, you don't see the picture of what it's going to do to you because the devil will never tell you that. But that little hit... That little drag, that little injection. Are you hearing me? What, Pastor, if I just make a little money, I'm just going to dance a little bit naked, you know. But I, I got to get out of this financial bind. The problem is, is you ain't never going to make the kind of money that you're making doing that. But the problem is it's a short cycle, friend, because gravity has a way of doing things to us. And you won't be as marketable in a few years as you are right now. So don't spoil yourself getting used to those kind of dollars. They will, the Bible says, riches, they will take wings and fly away. I'm saying don't sell those drugs. I know it's a big payday right now. But listen, the Bible says Moses refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, choosing rather to suffer with the children of God rather than enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season. Lord have mercy. So don't ever, don't, don't start down that road of drugs or dancing or prostitution or, you know, that little bit of leaven. It'll go through your whole world. 
And before it's over, it'll poison everything there. So, uh, listen, if you will begin to check what it is that you allow into your life. Now, we all got to do this because things come into our life on the telephone. They come into our life on the Internet. They come into our life on blogs. They come into our life in the marketplace through snaps and tweets and books and all kinds of ways things come in. Little leaven. And if we're not careful, it'll work its way through our entire life. And our marriage that was once strong has now fell apart. Our relationship with the Lord that was once strong has now come apart at the seams. You see, uh, a person in their right mind would not drink poison because they know it's going to kill them. But they often allow things unchecked to just come right in. Listen, if you're hanging around that person is always bitter, never have nothing good to say, you be the influencer, not the influenced. Hello? I'm going to give you an illustration, and then I'm going to pray. My wife and I went and bought groceries, uh, I guess it's been a week or ten days ago. And we thought we got all the groceries out of the Jeep. Turns out we didn't. A gallon of milk slid underneath the seat. And then uh, we never missed the milk at home because we had more and whatever. And, but it got underneath the seat. And then in the process of these 100-degree days, and it's, I don't know what it gets in the car, but it's pretty hot. I got in one day, and I said, oh, my God. What is that smell? My wife looked around, just quick glance over the seat, and said, well, did any of the babies have milk in a cup or so we picked up a cup, and it really wasn't that. And another day went by, and I'm like, oh, my Lord. So we sprayed everything we could spray. We bought air freshers. We did everything. So the next day, I come out, and I just couldn't stand it. I'm telling you, we had to go somewhere. I put all the windows down and lift the tailgate up, the, the glass. I said, I don't know what it is. We got to get to the bottom of this. I got home. I started YouTubing and Googling. Let me say this. I took every piece of carpet, the front two, the middle two, the sidewalls in the back and the back bed, every piece of carpet out and found in the passenger side on the back right about milk that deep, curdled and clabbered and stinking to high heavens. I pulled everything out. I pulled all the plugs. You know, the Jeep's got plugs in the... I pulled seven plugs out, got the garden hose, and man, I told that I gave that Jeep a bath. You ain't never seen no bath like that bath. Scrubbing and scouring and scrubbing and scouring and just let it drain out of there. And man, the scrubbing on those mats as you squish milk. Ugh. Man, I got the garden hose. I got the hose, and man, we squeezed them out and dried them out and washed them and squeezed them and washed them and got the shampooer. And this went on for hours. Hung them up, wet them down. Hung them up, wet. I mean, I thought I was back in the military. We done all those things. And finally, got them all dried out. Got them all cleaned up. Got them all put back in. And then now if you walk out there, say, that's how it's supposed to smell. I want to 
to tell you something as you stand with me. It might not be sour milk, but let us let that represent leaven for just a moment. And if that leaven has gotten into your life, just like it did in my Jeep, it soaked its way through the carpets. It was down in places I couldn't see, but it stunk to high heavens. And the only way to get it done, oh, I didn't tell y'all, I carried it up there to the guys that's supposed to be good at cleaning cars, and I paid them $75, and it stunk just as bad the next day. I throw that $75 away. I couldn't give that to Guatemala or something to the adult. So what I'm saying is this. All the cleaning supplies they had, all the scrubbing and rubbing and all the deodorizers, all the ones I bought, and everything you do to mask the leaven that is in your life that don't need to be there, you still stink to high heaven. And the only way you're going to get rid of it is for Jesus to take you like I did that Jesus. Open up all the avenues and pull all the plugs. Pull everything out of you that don't need to be in there. To take you all apart. Clean you up and put you back together. While heads are bowed and eyes are closed. If you're here today and you say, Pastor, I'm dealing with leaven in my life. Listen, I just want you to raise your hand right now. Come on, how about you, sir, ma'am? Cross this room. Don't let the devil lie to you. Don't let things... Come on. How about you, sir, ma'am? All right. I'm going to ask Adam to sing something for me, and he's doing that. I'm going to ask you, and I'm only going to ask you this time. And I promise you, when you begin to make this walk, the church will applaud your walk because... The devil wants you to think we've hidden away all that leaven. No, 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 no. Just as surely as this Kool-Aid worked its way within seconds through the body of this glass, so the leaven works its way through your life. So as he's ready to sing something for me, if you say, Pastor, i got some leaven right now. I just want Jesus to take me all apart, clean me up, and put it back together. I want you to step out of your seat right now and come to this altar.